hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And continuing my run of catching up with those who expressed an interest a long time ago in coming on the show. Joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 142 is Dan Gassis. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here, finally. <laughs> and uh, I've known of you all these years as uh, Quasimod or Quasimod. I've given up trying to correct people. <laughs> yeah, you say it with the open open vowel. Yeah. Hey, Quasimod. Um, and yeah, Gassis. Is it Gassis? Is that the correct pronunciation? It's Gassis, just like... Gass- oh, Gassis. Yeah. Oh. I wanted to give it a sort of continental flavour. Like I know. Cass- again, Cassis. again, it doesn't matter. I don't correct people. <laughs> uh, so where, that's an interesting name. Where's it from? Do you know? Uh, my dad's side of the family is kind of Polish, so it's... Okay. Uh, well, welcome. Uh, I have known of you as uh, Kazimod for probably the best part of a decade now, actually. Yes. Uh, you were on the forum at Gamerdork when I was uh, when I was there. I, I yeah. suspect you were probably listening to that podcast even before then. Yep. I guess you were a Rollmucker back in the day, is that right? Yes, uh, still am. I was, still are? Yeah, I joined Rollmuck like the week it launched in 2003. So, ah, were you a refugee from the old Edge forums? I was indeed. Yeah, so you are a true veteran of the uh, UK gaming scene, and uh, still as committed as ever as a uh, as a as a uh, well podcast uh, consumer. Yes, um, have you ever branched out into into your own um, projects and that kind of thing, or are you just happy to uh, to be a supporter? I've tried recording my own voice. I've tried mostly voiceover for video, but I yeah. don't really like how it turns out, and I just bin it. So. Oh. Here you are. Anyway, maybe this will give you fresh impetus. Uh, I'm glad to to know that after all these uh, years of uh, kindly following uh, what I and my pals have been doing and supporting us on social media and stuff, uh, we finally get to to hear from you. Uh, it was about 18 months ago um, that you uh, you messaged me saying you'd be interested in coming and sound a play. But uh, it ta- these things take a while. Yeah, we don't rush things. But here we are. So you've picked five tracks uh, that mean something to you from the history of video games music. We'll be interspersing those, of course, with a few requests from the community as well at large. Uh, So we've already heard one of the tracks. We're going in chronological again this show, which I think is always quite nice. Going back to the early 90s. Uh, I don't know your exact age, Dan, but given you've been around for uh, the the gaming scene for a while, I reckon you're probably not quite as ancient as me, but I'm going to I'm going to venture that you may not be a spring chicken either because you've selected a uh, you selected a commodore 64 track which is usually the 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 hallmark of somebody who's um who's been around a while shall we say yes i was uh home gaming in the well early 90s like the tail end of 1990 but i i had just picked up a commodore 64 which was quite late in that system's lifespan yeah. so <laughs> but of course, the advantage there being that there was a massive library there of was incredible a lot to games, catch up on. yeah. And of course, they were easily piratable. Now, I'm not saying that you had a massive box of pirated cassettes and/or discs, but did you have a massive box of pirated cassettes and/or discs? Not really, because at that time you had a quite substantial budget scene as well. Because you yes. you can get cassettes for like three ninety nine. And they yeah. were like really good games. And also the magazines at the time would give away like two games and two That's demos. Right. 
Yes, there was the whole so, uh, there was that that, that that whole happened for a few years in the late eighties, early nineties, where f- entire games were being given away, and then at some point there was uh, a movement against that by the software industry at large, saying, "Hang on, we're massively shooting ourselves in the foot here because we've started to give away these really good games on these two pound magazines, yeah, and nobody's buying games anymore, and they were already pirating the heck out of everything." So <laughs> uh, then, yeah. for a while, there was a uh, there was a movement in the other direction. Then then it came back for a while, and then of course we got into the 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 days when yeah that yeah just hasn't happened in in the probably in the post PlayStation era although they could have done it really with with PS one games and stuff yeah. on CDs but uh, understandably they didn't so one of the things that uh, or one of the famous Commodore's sixty four franchises that you would have got to uh, catch up on was the uh, notoriously technically wonderful. Uh, last Ninja games, but this opening track we've heard is actually from the uh, the third Last Ninja, which was also uh, which also came to the 16-bit systems, if I recall correctly. Um, and the musician had changed as well. So the music on this game was by I'm sorry, uh, I, I believe uh, the composer here is Dutch, and I apologise to Michiel, our <laughs> Dutch uh, contributor, uh, Rein Overhand, yes, uh, some, something like that. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, uh, did you did you play through the last Ninja games in order? Did you get through them? I know they were very difficult. Or did you start with three? I think um, I ended with three, but I picked up two and one in compilations. I'm not sure which compilation I got first. Right. So it was either two, one, three, or one, two, three. Now they were incredibly, uh, yeah, sort of slick games. Loads of really uh, beautiful art and uh, famously lavish music. Big multi-load cassette games, um, but they were very tough, weren't they? They were they were quite uh, quite. Uh, exacting. I remember particularly famously early on in the first game, there's this horrible uh, pixel perfect stepping stone jumping over rocks in a, in a river. The, there's the stepping stones in the river and then there's yeah. the marsh swamp bit, yeah. which I think is in the same stage. Right. Um, and, and yeah, and this is supposed to be this super cool ninja guy. And I think, you know, over the years, developers have realised that Although you, you can still come a cropper in ridiculous ways in modern games, but making a player feel really belittled by uh, some stepping stones crossing a tiny stream in the in the opening area of your game or, or fairly early on in your game is not the best way to engender uh, <laughs> yeah. the power fantasy in players. But uh, I guess people persisted anyway. Yeah, I think it was a bit too ambitious for the, I don't know, controller. <laughs> Yeah, it was all isometric. We talked about isometric platforming recently uh, with with the Landstalker games and how how pernickety that can be, especially when a missed jump equals an instant death. I can't remember how Last Ninja dealt with death. I know you had an energy bar. You had a life bar. But a number of lives? Yeah, you had a life bar, but you died instantly if you fell in water or in a swamp, yeah. and it got depleted if you took hits from enemies. Yeah. So, yeah. And also... Um, with your own move set, some moves did a lot more damage than others, so it was not just sort of mash anything. You had to really be sort of tactical. No one said life as a ninja was going to be easy. Uh, but so you got to the third game, and this piece of music, uh, Wind, is uh, it's known as. What stood out about this? Did it really capture your uh, imagination as a, as a youngster? I think um, the main thing for me is, firstly, I wanted... When you told me to pick five tunes, I wanted to pick something from the 8-bit era, but so much of the 8-bit era is like a 20-second loop Yeah, that's yeah. really, really catchy, and you can listen to it forever, but that's all it is. 
and yeah. I wanted something with like structure. Mm. And the other thing I really like is um, Last Ninja games always have these like um, these quick note arpeggios, which make like a sound all of their own. If that yeah. makes sense. Yes. Like they love that stuff, and you can hear it a lot in Wind. Yeah, it's uh, it's something a lot of Commodore sixty four composers used, I think, in particular because it it just it it yeah it made added a lot of texture. It to created it. a whole new sound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, always good to feature some Sid Chip. Uh, so we've opened a show there with that uh, with that piece. Next up from the forum, we have Maxstat, who says, Something that I considered my favourite game of all time until Witcher 3 came and won my heart. That game was Planescape Torment. Its music was amazing in creating atmosphere of all these strange worlds, weird creatures and emotional situations that Nameless One was constantly put through. Since a lot of tracks are very, very good, I'm going to nominate well-known epic main theme, though I encourage you to listen to each character's theme. I can't think of any game that could tell a character's story with sh- with a short music track better than Torment. So this is, as we've uh, never featured it before, the main theme from Planescape Torment by Mark Morgan and or Richard Band. from Black Isles Planescape Torment one of those games that we've been requested to feature on our other podcast and review it in depth Cana Rince there is there's recently been a uh, an enhanced not quite a remastered version I don't think but a but a sort of updated version on goodoldgames.com so it's on my wish list as one of the all-time classics to be played uh, joining me is uh, guest Dan Gasses from the Cana uh, Rince community is uh, is Planescape Torment one that's been in your past I have never played Planescape Torment, but I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah. It's, from what I know, it's like an isometric um, RPG type thing that's very yes, right. narrative heavy. There's, yes. there's like reams of text in the lower half or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Black Isle uh, still making games to this day in a, a similar sort of style. I don't know if it's the same 
uh, actual developers or whether whether there's been uh, you know there's been a certain amount of churn there but yes this was 1999 and people still cite it uh, very fondly as a game that was kind of pushing the narrative part of the video games medium forward so uh, that uh, that enhanced version came out recently and reviewed pretty well uh, it wasn't reviewed by many outlets i noticed but uh, but the ones that did review it seemed to say it's uh, it stood up pretty well so i think that's one we might uh, we might return to in the future and that music there whetted my appetite uh, now, a franchise we have featured before, we even had a special uh, on these games, uh, is Persona. And uh, But I don't think, I don't, can't remember if Leah and Josh played this track, but it doesn't matter if they did, because uh, it's it's a belter. Uh, so, uh, are you a big Persona guy, or is it uh, is it just Persona 4, or are you still con- are you following the series? I am a big Persona guy, but I'm one of those guys who went in on 3. Um, I think that's okay. Uh, I think that's that's common, isn't it? Because yeah. the previous games were this offshoot from the SMT games. And I think generally, yeah, three is where the persona part of the of the game started to really get carve its own identity, pardon the pun. Yeah. And um, for, um, what is it, Persona 4 soundtrack, I find that mm. there's a lot of really catchy, poppy themes and they're like a 40 second loop that you could just listen to forever because it's yeah. so catchy. Uh, but I didn't know if I wanted to submit a 40 second loop. <laughs> so right. I picked something which hopefully was a bit more substantial and meaningful. Uh, so where does this this piece, the almighty, uh, come in the game? Is it it's a boss fight or something? This comes in right at the very end of one right. of the ending parts. Ah, Okay, is this? Oh, I don't want to do any spoilers, and I haven't, I haven't played this game, so, so, so we won't get into it. Uh, listeners, uh, do check out our Persona special if you're a fan of Shoji Meguro's work. Uh, just go to the search box at canarince.com, search Persona. You'll find our podcast about Persona Three and Persona Four. You'll find various articles that have been written about Persona, and our Sound of Play special all about Persona. If you haven't heard it before, even if you have heard it before, why not listen to it again? It's got tons and tons of great persona tracks uh, and yeah let's enjoy this one from 2008 originally the almighty by shoji meguro
That's from Shin Megami Tensei, Persona 4. Uh, there was also, of course, the Dancing All Night game. Did you play that, Dan? I did not. It's like one of the only Persona 4 games I haven't got. You got the fighting game. I got the fighting game. I haven't got Q either. Aha, uh, which is a sort of um, Etrian Odyssey yeah. kind of deal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how they, yeah, when a, when a, when a franchise gets really, oh, it's not weird. I say it's weird. It's not weird at all. It's it's commerce, but it's it's interesting how when a when a franchise gets really popular, especially a J- Japanese franchise, uh, it gets um, kind of shoehorned into multiple multiple genres, and the, the fans will uh, will you know lap it up. But those are all they're all quality games in their own right, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. I just wanted to say something else about the Almighty, and it's Please. that um, I would have chosen like the final final boss track because it has more sort of gravitas and importance it's like this big operatic mm. thing but i really yeah. like the shift that the almighty has it's like the only like you go into this epic soft rock almost track yes yeah <laughs> and there's nothing else really quite like it in the game mm. yeah lots of j-pop and uh, sort of quite uh yeah lots of catchy hooky kind of funk things i i know most of this from the podcast that uh that leah and josh have put together and and bits that i've heard requests we've had um rather than the games themselves they're on my my never-ending backlog of course uh but yes there's there's inevitably um you just know when it comes down to it even even a jrpg that's set in a high school there's gonna have to be when they hit the bosses it's gonna have to segue from uh, lighter funkier poppier stuff into some you know heavy mm-hmm. guitars and, and all that kind of thing or if not if not uh some you know operatic singing or something like yeah. that which is something we associate with bosses in um in jrpgs for sure so did you uh did you play through five last year i did yeah, and uh, do do your feelings match up with those on the team, which is that uh, it's fantastic in its own right, but perhaps doesn't quite live up to the couple of games that came before it, or did you love it equally? No, I, I'm with you on this. I, I always say that, like, um, how can I put this? If you want to ask me what the best Persona game is, it's four. But if you want to play an amazing JRPG from, like, recent years, then mm. go for five. Right. All right. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, and another uh, cracking soundtrack, no doubt, in its own right. Definitely. I, mm. I I bought the soundtracks for 3 and 5. I don't have the soundtrack for 4 because I got the PS2 game with the soundtrack selection. Ah, uh, yes. And yeah. that has that. <laughs> most of the good tracks in it. Yeah. But I probably will get around to getting the soundtrack anyway, so... Put it on the shelf. Always nice. Uh, yes, and do you, uh, so you didn't get dancing all night, but there's a there's a is it it's a three three and five dancing all night game coming, or yes. is it two separate games? I'm two I'm separate games. Myself now. There's, oh, okay. There's Persona Three Dancing Moon Night and ah. Persona Five Dancing Star Night. Oh, like Pokemon, so kind of thing. And I, I think like there's going to be a tri- triple pack for home consoles. Oh, nice. Sounds excellent. Yeah, so at least at least for overseas. Great, and I saw yeah saw on Twitter yesterday they're doing some sort of voting for your favourite unlockable costumes kind of thing for from uh, I think possibly from either within the game or from within other franchises. I'm not sure. It's yeah, it's, I only briefly looked at that, so I, yeah. I'm not sure. All right. Well, no doubt we'll feature plenty more uh, Persona music in the future, especially when those games come out. Uh, next up, we have something very different from the forum. This is uh, requested by Reprobate Gamer, who says, this was from a month or 
more ago with February 2018's Games with Gold I've been reminded just how much I enjoyed Split Second it's been several years since I last played it and while the graphics are slightly showing their age the gameplay more than holds up anyone looking for a sim perfect racer need not apply but anyone who misses burnout or anyone looking for more explosions with their driving should grab this while available the score is suitably epic considering the scale of the devastation that can be wrought whilst racing dams airport control towers river spanning train bridges and even an aircraft carrier are all targets for wrecking your rivals each music track seems to have three variants that are blended in as the action escalates remain in first from the off and have no near misses and the score can be almost pedestrian but clawing your way up the pack dodging bombs collapsing buildings and helicopters swinging dump trucks as improvised demolition balls is suitably pounding and adrenaline filled with black rock long closed by publisher disney interactive the sequel hook remains unfulfilled lackluster sales showing either the critical response out of phase with the buying public or else that it was the pedal to the floor racer that was released at a bad time but the score remains a delight to listen to i've picked the track heavy heat as it's a great example of the upbeat tracks progressively getting more intense. So this is, from Split Second, Mark Hannum and Richard Aitken. From 2010's Disney Racer, it conjures a certain image, Disney Racer. I'm thinking of Cars 2, uh, which is the current Games with Gold offering. Uh, But yes, I loved Split Second for the brief time that I played it. Uh, And people keep telling me that it's aged visually, which, uh, and I remember it being quite spectacular at the time. Is this your bag, Dan? Uh, This is my guest, Dan Gasses. Do you like the odd arcade racer? I played a demo of Split Second and it was okay, but I, um, I do like arcade racers. Uh, as long as they're not too chaotic and you ah. don't feel like you've been like blown up unfairly. 
Aha, yes. Well, this definitely has some of that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it can be a bit mean and and, and unforgiving. But uh, yeah, I certainly I do remember it being a, a real rush. Uh, yeah, I have it now on. Uh, you can play it on Xbox One backwards compatibility as well. So um, I don't think it's one that's being enhanced, sadly. But uh, mm. yeah, I actually uh, I I've mentioned this before, but Black Rock Studio was uh, very close to where I live. Uh, went for a job interview at the neighbouring office, which shared a building with them many many years ago uh and yeah i was i was going for an interview at this financial place just because it was a job uh and then uh, walking through the building there are all these uh rather younger scruffier looking folks and i was thinking i want to work in there and then i realized what it was black rock studios uh and they were making cool games but then i would have been made redundant so uh yeah it's kind of a shame um so arcade races that are your bag have you got the forza horizon thing going on burnout remastered the paradise recent paradise re-release uh none of those i am a big fan of outrun 2 ah um, good call i've yes. bought that game how many times let's see <laughs> i bought it on the xbox original yes then i was like i want a pc version Oh yes, and then I got it on. I moved to the PS2 because my Xbox stopped reading discs. Then I wanted the portable version, so I got it on the PSP. Yeah, and then I got online arcade on Xbox. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, and then that version got taken off sale some time ago. But it's still sure on it my was... hard drive. <laughs> yes, mine too. I don't know what the situation is with that. I know there was there were issues with the Ferrari license, um, which I think is why 2006 on PC is no longer available and you can't download 2006 the PSP version for your Vita uh, yeah. so I still play Ridge Racer on the PSP game on my Vita which actually looks really good I have to say for a, for a 13 year old game uh, PSP Ridge Racer looks darn fine but yes I still play uh, Outrun Arcade on, on my 360 but it's not backwards compatible yet. No. Um, it would be really nice. It, and that's a game, again, that, I mean, there's there, there'll be no impetus for any one developer or publisher to do this. But if it was one of the games that they could, Microsoft could give the magic nine times pixel boost to, uh, that would be absolutely stunning, I would have thought. I, I don't think that um, that many Outrun fans care about the Ferrari license. Yeah. I think that if, like, Sumo announced a game called Runout... <laughs> And it was just a bunch of like non-specific cars. Yeah, people still yeah. go for it. Yeah, there's been there's been this sort of semi-revival of the. There was a 3DS game recently uh, which tapped into 80s arcade uh, or 90s arcade races. There's the infamous long-delayed 90s arcade racer, which still hasn't come out. It was originally coming out for the Wii U, but it's all gone quiet now. I think there's also the uh, infamous, infamous long-delayed drift stage. <laughs> Drift stage. Oh, I'd, yes, yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that. Um, obviously, we did get uh, the excellent 3D version of Outrun for the 3DS, mm. uh, which is the the, the original coin op plus some enhancements from M2. That is available, but they took basically took the Ferrari badge out, and but everything else is pretty much in uh, as it was. So that's that's still well worth getting hold of. But yeah, um, yeah Outrun Two's been a bit a bit lost to time which is yeah it's, it's such a shame uh i mean it, it's yeah it's such a classic game and uh in this and it's it's not even a driving game really it's mm -hmm. i mean it's a it's a it's a kind of it, how would you describe it it's like there's no actual 
real driving. It's pure fantasy, isn't it? It's like a, it's just a sideways yeah, <laughs> going fast like, simulator. It's just like hold right for like several miles and then hold left and just yeah. enjoy the ride, really. Yeah, I still and it's still. I have to say, I played it recently on on three sixty, and and it still looks pretty good. It's, it's holds up pretty well. Yeah, I think the um, online arcade version does have a lot of good stuff, but I think it's missing some of the extras on two thousand six. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, they took out a load of options. I th- I think uh, I don't know if it was still that they were. Uh, I know that there were file size issues with XBLA early on they they had limits mm. i don't know if that was one of the reasons or whether it's just pure development time but yeah there there was a lot of content in coast to coast 2006 yeah. that that didn't make it over i would yeah if they released a version now that was based on that for PS4 and Xbox 1 or whatever that was you, that i had to buy it again i would i would absolutely do that in a heartbeat mm. for sure uh much missed but uh, yes, you may have listeners, you may have split second on your hard drive if you've been an X- Xbox uh, Games with Gold subscriber. It might scratch your itch for a little while. Uh, now, uh, another game. This was also originally an XBLA downloadable game, among other systems. Uh, and an interesting one. That I feel like it's got, it, this is probably like the archetypal game with a cult following, uh, Skullgirls. Um, now, I bought this at the time but i really haven't played it a great deal uh and now it's been kind of re-released as a as a current gen title with uh, some you know, higher res graphics and minor enhancements it's an interesting title it's basically a a, a kind of a sort of keen uh indie dev super team having a go at making a arc system works type fighting game yeah it's um in a nutshell it's lab zero isn't it who yeah. are currently working on the platform action thing indivisible but um yeah i really like skullgirls because it's got a lot of unique style it's got like that art deco theming and it's Mm. got the whole sort of i don't know it's got that kind of theatrical um broadway showtime type aspect yes uh it's really hard to describe but if you see it in action then you'll know what i mean Mm. and it's just got a style all of its own and that continues through to the music yeah so uh, lots of jazz. This is uh, going to be Moonlit Melee. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. I don't, I'm not familiar with the game enough to, to know whose stage this is from. I think, character. I think it's a very early stage. Okay. And uh, yeah, so d- d- this piece uh, is a good six minute track. It sort of sums up the, the whole vibe of um, Skullgirls for you. Yeah. Like I said, it's quite early and I think I picked it because it just set the tone for me. It's like, wow, this is doing something really different because I was so used to fighting games where it's like Guilty Gear just does metal and like um, you have your grunge metal, you have your like um, mad disco yeah. drum and bass. You have. Yeah. And jazz really d- doesn't fit in anywhere. Except yeah. it doesn't Skullgirls. I guess you got like Jazzy NYC in Street Fighter, but um, it's more kind of the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, listeners, if you're not familiar with Skullgirls, because you may not be, because it's yeah, it is as I say, a bit of a cult classic. Uh, check out this uh, Jazzy Moonlit Melee.
That's by Michiru Yamane, Moonlit Melee from Skullgirls. Originally came out in 2012, but it's been um, dripping out on lots and lots of different systems ever since. There are there are uh, iOS versions, but I don't know whether they have. I assume you can use controllers, but I wouldn't want personally wouldn't want to play a game like that with a with an on-screen kind of button I've setup. Played the iOS version. It's not. Ah. It's not awful. But it's okay. it's kind of weird because you I forget how it works, but it's like you have to equip teams and moves and blockbusters, and they because it's free to play, they all work on cooldowns. Oh, so I... you fight a few matches with these guys, and then you can't use them anymore. You've got to switch over, hmm. and so it's okay, but you can't really pile at it day after day because of those cooldowns. <laughs> mm, okay so it's format specific anyway but uh yeah so uh but if you are interested listeners i mean you probably know about it if you like uh kind of slight the the slightly quirkier fighting games if you like uh blaze blue and uh guilty gear and things like that this is uh, a sort of a slightly more accessible take than on but but still not massively accessible i would say i think they they made um they made attempts to to give it before arc system works were doing it they made attempts at a kind of actual tutorial and stuff which i think was just a good way in for some people to actually understand try to learn some of the sort of modern facets and mechanics of fighting games which a lot of them don't tell you about. It's a good way not just to learn Skullgirls, but to learn fighting games in general, because it covers so much. Yeah, and it's often available, the second Encore version, which I think you can get on both current uh, console formats and probably on Steam as well. I think, um, yeah, it's often available quite cheap, isn't it? So I think uh, it's worth checking out. Uh, I did recently buy um, Dragon Ball... Uh, fighters um because you know i needed another fighting game that i don't have time to learn but actually i was uh it's, i was suitably impressed by how accessible that game is compared to blaze blue and guilty gear which which i which i like both of those games yeah um, um dragon wars got a lot of like universal systems that are shared between characters yeah so you can pick anyone and just r- rush in and do the auto combo or whatever at least to start off with yeah and then you back off and do the key yes. blasts and and everything looks incredible. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was one of the, the games I got after getting a, an Xbox One X and a 4K screen just to just to see. And uh, yeah, it was worth <laughs> it was worth every penny. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't know anything about Dragon Ball. So it's just yeah. it's just just could be any characters for me. But that's true of the Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue games as well, really. So <laughs> it's just I just that's, like the pretty fine pretty arts and stuff yeah uh now we have a classic piece coming up this is uh, actually an older piece but uh, this version is uh, more recent so this is requested on facebook you can do that follow us on facebook is where we do most of our news uh industry news that is this is from david wagner not the uh the huddersfield town manager i don't think although i like to i like to pretend it is uh, a cover medley of some of the standout tracks from final fantasy 7 this is probably my favorite cover version of any game music it works amazingly with the crushing low-tuned guitars yet it remains tasteful and faithful to the original <laughs> 
It's a similar musical style as the DKC cover in episode 62 of Sound of Play. Hearing that featured inspired me to submit this one. The part at 2 minutes 25 gives me chills every time. If you listen carefully, you can hear the experience counter emulated with guitars at the end of the battle victory music. So yeah, this is known as Prelude Bonfair. Uh, it's by Bulb, who is uh, that is a pseudonym for one Misha Mansour. Obviously, the originals are by Nobuo Uematsu.
So that was Prelude Bombfare. Bomb or Bomfare. No, it must. I don't know. Does it mean something? It means nothing to me. Uh, anyway, by Bulb, Misha Mansour from Final Fantasy VII, Uematsu's score. Of course, we are currently covering the Final Fantasy games on the Cane and Rinse podcast. At the time, we uh, you will hear this if it's new. Uh, we've done one and two. Three is imminent. Four, five, six and seven coming this year. And then we'll go beyond that in the future. A game that we covered some time ago on the Cane and Rinse podcast. Seek it out once again. CaneandRinse.com is Hotline Miami or Apple Podcasts, wherever. Dan, our guest, has picked a piece, Crystals, from this one. This is, uh, this is a popular section. So I think this is actually a curated soundtrack for the most part. I think I, I, I get my details wrong on this, but I think there were some tracks especially uh, composed, but some of them already existed. I'm not sure which category this falls into, but it doesn't matter. It's uh, keenly associated with the game. Uh, so did you fall big star for Hotline Miami, as many people seem to do? Yeah, I kind of missed out on the... Uh, I know a lot of people played it at Rest. I missed out on all that mm. hype. But I was already a big fan of Cactus, and I think um, Cactus is part of Denison, as it were. Right. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I've got to um, get in on this. And I really like the way that it's kind of, you've got this really sort of hypnotically pounding soundtrack that, that's juxtaposed with the ultraviolence. Yes. So you're just sort of bobbing away and methodically killing dudes, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely that um, slightly tripped out uh, yeah um, sense of almost unreality to it I think mm. I don't I do wonder if this game would have been such a obviously I saw it at Rezzed, um this uh, the, yeah the year before it came out I think um, and I didn't get hands on with it but looking at it from afar and not hearing it I was a bit like okay right <laughs> you know but I, I wonder how how it would have done if they hadn't chosen such this 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 fantastically sort of fitting soundtrack for it. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the mechanics weren't there without it, but I think, you know, as a good example of, uh, you know, what we celebrate on this podcast with the music being kind of integral to the, the overall experience in a lot of cases for us. Um, I think if this had had like maybe a more obvious kind of heavy metal or, you know, kind of thrash or squealing guitars or something industrial, um, maybe it wouldn't have captured the imagination in the same way. I don't know. What do you reckon? Um, Yeah, it's definitely unique, but I think the different sort of mood it goes for really suits the gameplay because Mm. this track I've selected, it has that kind of weird boopy melody in the foreground but it's also got this really menacing bass in the background yeah that i really like and it fits really well with the atmosphere yeah absolutely uh so did you get did you did you uh persist and 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 attain mastery at hotline miami because it was a game that really kind of i know the people who kind of got into it uh felt a compulsion to kind of get their scores and times and whatever else however else the game measures you uh to kind of optimum levels did it have that kind of hook over you uh, not really i played it a lot but i just played it to have fun i'm not really a perfectionist guy unless i really really enjoy the game and sure, i sure. want to do everything so i just i don't i don't get like a plus ranks i just have a blast really <laughs> okay and probably uh probably very wise too all right let's enjoy it this is crystals by moon m slash o slash o slash in 
from Devolver Digital 2012, Denaton, the developer, of course, Hotline Miami. We had a sound of play with uh, one of the contributing composers from Hotline Miami, Jasper Byrne, uh, some time ago. Again, just go to, I don't have the number in front of me, you can tell, but if you go to canawince.com, go to the little magnifying glass search box and type in Jasper Byrne with a Y, you'll, uh, you'll find that show and uh, a fine guest he was too. Our penultimate track, again, a wild change of genre, which is uh, what I enjoy about Sound of Play a lot of the time. Uh, it's requested by Brazenhead89 from the forum. It says, Guacamele came out just before the Metroidvania resurgence in the indie scene, and though it lacked the atmosphere of the darker Metroid or Castlevania games, it made up for it with an exceptional understanding of both series mechanics, plus their perfect balancing of exploration and reward. If I may get a little cane and rinse for a moment, it arguably worked its character upgrades more organically than any other game of its type. Your list of wrestling moves not only made pummeling enemies easier, but also allowed for more possibilities for exploration. Your uppercut, for example, made for an effective double jump while your body slam could break through hollow ground. It was a, a simple yet holistic approach to your character's abilities. Also, getting back to the point, the music was rather blinding too. This is the music from the first main area of the game, the Forest del Chivo. It's an up-tempo Latin rhythm with a slight creepy edge to it that sets up the remainder of the game exceptionally. Later on in the game, as you begin to travel between the worlds of the living and the dead, with the push of a button, the music would actually switch between brighter and somber tones within the same track. I provided the lighter Land of the Living version of Forest del Chivo, though I'd urge you to look up its Dark World equivalent, or better yet, experience it hands-on by playing this frankly brilliant game. So this is Rom Di Prisco and Peter Chapman, and or, from Guacamole.
Forest Del Chivo from Guacamole Drinkbox's 2013 game. Since come out in uh, Super Turbo Enhanced. I can't remember what the title subtitle they gave for it on uh, PS4 and Xbox One. I believe it's been games with gold and possibly even PlayStation Plus as well. Can't quite remember. You may have it in your collection. I'd recommend playing it. It is, as uh, as Brazenhead said, well worth your time and uh, has that cracking soundtrack too. I wanted to return to it after, uh, after recently uh, watching... The film that's escaped. <laughs> I'm having a senior moment. The recent Pixar film uh, that won the Oscar with the Mexican kid who goes to the land of the dead. I've forgotten its name. Uh, Dan, <laughs> help me. I hmm, I know what you mean, but I, I'm lost too. I, I'm also one of those people who have guacamole in my library and have not touched it for my shame. Um, Definitely worth a look. I really like the aesthetic. It looks really awesome, but um, I just haven't gone around to it. <laughs> Coco is, uh, yes. is is the name of the movie that I recently saw, but apparently can't keep titles in my head anymore because I'm nearly 46 years old. Uh, wonderful movie. Recommending that while we're here. Also, great soundtrack. But yeah, Guacamole worth checking out. Uh, yeah, we all, we're all spoiled with so many excellent games these days. Any, well, anyone who subscribes to any of the services, especially, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with a, with an amazing library of things. But, uh, but I also like that feeling of, you know, just knowing there's so much, so much cool stuff to check out. Um, and yes, soundtrack, uh, to be enjoyed. Obviously we've, uh, we've had some Land of the Dead and Noir inspired stuff previously from Peter McConnell's Grim Fandango soundtrack as well. Um, yeah, good stuff. Remember, listeners, please do venture over to our forum, canaanrince.com slash forum, or you can do it on Twitter at canaanrince. Use the hashtag sound of play or that Facebook page that I mentioned, facebook.com slash canaanrince. You can request your favourites or other curios and oddities as well, which, uh, which I always like to feature. We'll continue to include a selection of those in the playlist for each regular sound of play podcast. If you don't subscribe to the show already, please do. You could leave us an iTunes or Apple podcast review or rating, or there are other services which have other systems of hearts, ticks, likes, whatever you can do on there. It all helps uh, tell people that you enjoy what we do. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Kane and Rince, that is, on uh, Facebook and on Instagram as well. And if you really appreciate what we do and the time we put in and the stuff we put out, you can support us on Patreon for a dollar a month or more if you want. Patreon.com slash Rince. You also get each Kane and Rince podcast a week early and an exclusive monthly minicast and more treats to come. So before we hear about your excellent uh, final track for this show, my guest Dan Gassis, how, uh, how would you like to tell people about your online presence? Um, well... Uh, let me see. I am on Twitter at Quasimod. That's Q-A-Z-I-M-O-D. Uh, I do a Twitch channel that's the same. Um, oh, cool. I, oh, can I plug the um, WordPress Whatever site? You like. Whatever I, you like. Can I plug the WordPress site that I write for? Uh, of course. DisposableMedia.co.uk is written by me and a few other very talented people and it covers games, music, film, TV and stuff. And I've recently published a sort of very gushing late impression of Celeste, which would have uh -huh. made it into my list because it's really, really good, but I've only mm. just discovered it. 
Ah, well, next time, next time. Uh, yeah, no doubt we'll feature some Celeste music uh, in the future. I'm still relatively early in that game, but uh, I, I absolutely adore Matt Makes Games' previous game, Towerfall. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm hoping that once I uh, once I persist with Celeste, I'll, I'll feel the feel the love that so many people are experiencing for that game. Uh, so what you've been uh, what you streaming on Twitch? Uh, obviously, it'll be another week until listeners hear this, at least. But um, uh, what have you streamed and what have you got planned on Twitch? Uh, well, it's not really regular show type stuff. A lot of it is just me messing with bits and pieces. Like, uh, I, <laughs> to be honest, a lot of it is audio video sync tests because I always get it wrong. All right. But I seem to have moved from like OBS to XSplit to all sorts of stuff. But I stream a lot of retro stuff, a lot of MAME stuff, uh, some fighters, uh, CPS3. Uh, so yeah, just bits and pieces. It's all good fun. Add Quasimod, Quasimod to your list. Yeah, Q A Z I M O D. There you go. Right. Uh, so our last selection for this sound of play. Uh, this is from uh, another game that I'm very fond of, T X K. Um, so this was uh, Jeff Minter's <laughs> latest uh, in 2014. Anyway, his his latest Tempest alike game. Uh, there's a whole story. We'll come on to that. Uh, but let's talk about the, this particular selection first. Noise Pulse by Juno6. Uh, again, I think these were track. I don't think any of these tracks were specifically composed for the game. I think they were all uh, sought out by Jeff. I don't know, maybe they were submitted by, mm. by artists. I'm not entirely sure. Do you know? I'm not sure. But um, yeah, there's. it's hard to pick just one track from TXK. But um, what I liked about this one is it sort of comes up comes at a place where the game really shifts gear it's like it takes mm. takes the wheels off you get your first like moving web and everything's a bit sort of quicker the transitions are faster and you get this amazing track to go with it so i remember interviews with jeff minter going all the way back to the early 80s in magazines uh, when he was uh, writing vic 20 for games first and then commodore 64 games he's been he's been doing effectively the same set of variants or same set of game variants this entire time uh, as well as his light synthesizers of course um he used to talk in the magazines about his love of uh, prog rock as you'd expect from a man of his sort of tastes uh, he used to talk about pink floyd and and yes and things like that uh, and then in the 90s I, I guess he got into kind of dance and rave culture mm. um and i think his uh, it seems that his sort of tastes have kind of been informed by this this era so it, i think it's quite noticeable uh, me as a non techno uh sort of expert the music in txk sounded like it was more yeah, it was more 90s than it was contemporary mm, definitely and i think um the thing i like about uh noise pulse is it's it sounds modern and catchy, but it's also got a lot of old school beats in it, which I really like. Mm. It sounds like it could have been a tune in a Tempest like a generation before and yeah. still fit. So it's really nice. So doing my history bit, uh, this is all just off the top of my head, of course. But um, so uh, Jeff made various versions of Tempest for Atari. Uh, for the Jaguar, he made Tempest 2000. Then for this uh, weird set top box system uh, the new one he made tempest 3000 um tempest 2000 came to the ps1 in the form of tx3 yeah tempest 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 x tempest x i think yeah um but it had uh, various variants on the game then uh 
he released this game in 2014 for the Vita. Uh, it's very, very, uh, even far more than 2007 Space, Gi Space Giraffe on XBLA. This is absolutely, patently a Tempest mm -hmm. game. And Atari basically issued him with a some kind of cease and desist, I think, despite their previous relationship. That put the kibosh on the proposed PS4 version, which I'm still quite disappointed about. But it seems that they've made up since because he's now working on an official Tempest game for Atari again. Tempest 4000, indeed. Yeah. I mean, what? how does this even happen? Like, he was, he was out there on social media kind of cursing them for their attitude towards him. And I, I got to say, I, I love Jeff and I've followed his work my whole gaming life. But even I was like, I do understand why Atari are a bit like this because, it, you know, it's it was Dave... Dave Thur, I think's game mm. is Atari's game. They own the IP. So if you make a game that is really, really close in look and feel, I think you have to expect a certain amount of protectiveness about it. Even if, you know, even if it is corporates throwing their weight around, they, they have a kind of mandate to protect what is theirs. And I think if you, if you sail very close to the wind with this stuff, you kind of know what's coming. So I was, I was sympathetic, but also kind of, I just thought it was inevitable. Um, and but I thought that must have been Bridges burned, but no, he's back. He's working. He's working mm. with them again. So hopefully, Tempest Four Thousand is going to be amazing. Um, d have you played Polybius or Polybius? I have not. No. Um, okay. If you like Jeff and you like this kind of music, definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's mad. I mean, it's 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 got elements of Tempest, but it's it's. It's more different than this is from TXK from Tempest. It's got some weird ideas of its own. It's a bit more in the space giraffe kind of going going a bit loopy, kind of really throwing things. And apparently, it's completely mind blowing in VR. But I haven't had that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> haven't had that pleasure. Uh, but yeah, it's there on um, PS4 to download Poly Polybius or Polybius. I'm still not sure. It's the title's based on the the legend of the the mythical game. Polybius or Polybius, <laughs> which is a story worth Googling, listeners. Um, but anyway, enough waffle. Here's to Jeff. Uh, he doesn't do the music for his games, but he, uh, he gets good music in. And we will leave you. I will leave you. I've been Leon Cox, and this has been my guest, Dan Gassis. Thanks, Dan, for joining me thank after all this time. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. And uh, thanks for bringing such a cool selection of tunes. And we'll close with this one, Noise Pulse by Juno6 from TXK. And we'll see you next time on Sound of Play.
time. I feel cosmic all the time. I am cosmic. <laughs> Do you feel cosmic? I really feel cosmic. You feel cosmic all the time. I feel cosmic all the time. I am cosmic. <laughs> Do you feel cosmic? I really feel cosmic. You feel cosmic all the time. I feel cosmic all the time. Yes, yeah, really. What kind of feeling is it?